what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Arnell Agenda. I'm your host, Lawrence Arnell. I thank y'all for joining me. Uh, we got a we got a special show today because I got a I got a guest. I normally spend a lot of time talking to you know uh, rappers for some reason and, and uh, producers and so forth, and comedians. And today I actually have a a friend of mine from Facebook who uh, I guess today becomes a real friend. Um, my man Justin Gilmore. Uh, Justin, uh, I welcome to the show. First of all, thank you. Uh, I thank you for joining me. I thank you for your time, man. Uh, I was not aware prior to my man Baby Black, who has been a guest on the show as well, uh, prior to him mentioning uh, that you are actually a COVID survivor. Yes, uh, that and I, I thought it was incredible. He actually recommended. That you that you give me a holler and we we talk on the show. So we spoke a little bit earlier on Facebook and decided today will be a good day to go ahead and, and, and knock it out. You wanted to you wanted to share your experience with this with this mess that's going on, man. Yeah, yeah. it really is. But first of all, tell me tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you actually from Philly? Yeah, you are I'm raised in Philly. Okay. Yeah, what part of town are you from? 20, Center City. Grew up twenty second in Lombard. Yeah. I'm from 20th and Fairmount. Oh, where? Yeah. I live right now. I live at, at basically 24th and Fairmount now. That's what's up. That's, That's what's crazy. Up. What did you say? 20th and Fairmount? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right there. Right there, 25th and Fairmount. It's, it's 86. To your neighborhood. Yeah. That's like my favorite neighborhood, man. I love Fairmount. I miss it. You know? I miss living down there. It's such a great neighborhood. It's it like really the is. perfect mix of you're in the city, but you have like a neighborhood feel. Mm-hmm. And you can also just like pop on into town and yep. 10 minute walk to basically anywhere I, that, that was my favorite thing about living down there was, was was being in the middle of of everything but not not so buried in right. the, in the in the urbanness of it all exactly. i miss living yeah. down there we actually only really where you saw, at now you, you, i'm in you the northeast right i'm in the northeast so now yeah we only we only sold because our house was so small and, I got you. and actually, our house is gone now. You, you know how gentrified it is down there now. Oh, Everything is they they knocked our little they knocked our little house down. They put up this big old condo thing now. It's, 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 I, I know that block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's beautiful down there. So you That's offer Philly. Uh, do you, what kind of work do you do? You mind you mind sharing what kind of work you do? What your job? Yeah, is? yeah. So you know, I'm a music producer. I'm an independent record label. Okay. I'm also a magician. A magician. I, I, I do a weekly uh, television show at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Word. Um, I perform a magic show that they broadcast throughout the hospital. Okay. And then at the end of the show, I teach the kids how to do one or two of the tricks from oh, the show. It is deeply rewarding, man. It's that great. Wow, I'm sure and then, it is. And, yeah. then, and then I'm also a high school tennis coach. Okay. I coach I coach varsity girls and boys tennis out at uh, Germantown Friends School. Oh, wow. So yeah. Oh man, you all over the place. Wear a few different hats. You yeah. know what I mean? Nah, you're you're a man after my and, uh, own heart, man. You know, we, yeah, exactly, we do a little bit exactly. of everything around here. Yeah. A little bit of a uh, renaissance man, or Absolutely. if you want to be a dick about it, they call us a jack of all trades. Yeah, but, yeah. That's what's know? up. Now you, yeah. you who have you worked with as far as uh producing music? You know, like uh Brief Reef and I worked together a bunch. Okay. Uh, Jake Lefko, yeah. uh 40th Dimension. Okay. Uh, done some stuff with Melee Sparks a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Rat Rex. Mm-hmm. He was on one of my compilations from Boston. Uh, Side Effect. Okay. Uh, you know, a bunch, bunch of different people. Yeah, I, okay. I kind of, 
a lot of my musical work honestly kind of slipped a little under the radar because <laughs> you, uh, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, because I loved, I always loved the creative aspect of mm -hmm. it, but I, I tried to wear a lot of hats and running the label mm -hmm. and producing and stuff, and it's hard to do all of that. And I think the thing I always realized is that it's hard to time all that stuff when you're an indie, you know, because mm -hmm. the resources and stuff. So I remember rolling out our first 40th Dimension single, and it was mm -hmm. like we promoted that thing over the course of like six months, mm -hmm. you know. And it's not till after the fact that I'm realizing, like, man, you're kind of supposed to have that all lined up and, like, do all that at a specific point. You right, know? right. Uh, but, you know, me and my whole team, I think, was very, like, committed to the, the creative part mm -hmm. and not as good at the marketing yeah. and promotional side of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's understandable. Um, I haven't been a t super... Oh, and I work with Viral the Virus a bunch. That's another, okay. another person. Oh, man, rest in peace, yeah. Yeah, 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 that was my dude. Um, I, so I did some work on that Sharpest Blade album, and I've okay. done a few. Calif uh, brought me in to do a few of the uh, the remix projects. I'm on a couple of those as well. Good stuff. And a drop recently. Good stuff. Um, Good people. Yeah. Hey, that's what's up. So you now you work at the hospital, and uh, it work now you work uh you say so you do magic show at Chop. At Chop, yeah, yeah. You that's you uh one day once a week, but you you contracted COVID and you were yeah. hospitalized at University of Pennsylvania Hospital, right? At Huff, yeah, right next door to Chop. Right next basically. door. One of the best hospitals in the world, thank God, is here. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You're telling me. God bless those people over there. I've seen I mean, them I've seen them do miracles over there, bro. I mean, and working at police work, taking shooting victims to the hospital and so forth, bro. They, they, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah, they really do. They do great work. Yeah. I will say this about Philadelphia. We are very blessed as a city to have the, when it the comes world to class our hospitals. Absolutely. Hospital institutions that we have here. Yeah. You know, yeah. We used Penn. to be we used to be a restaurant town. I think we're a hospital town now. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how well we want to be known for some of that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it comes in handy when you need it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, but so, and when you needed it, talk to me about your your experience with the COVID, man. How did you find out that you had it well here's the crazy thing too let me jump it forward i have still have not, i got three different tests that all came back negative oh wow oh wow but it's like 99 percent or basically 100 percent certain that i had covid okay so i mean you want me to give you a little timeline of how, how yeah, it went down please, please absolutely so like on third so first of all to backtrack when this all was going down i've had my eye on this whole situation since like Honestly, January or February, okay. you know, like my day one of my, my, my boys tennis team on f Monday, February 24th, I had a conversation with my team about this and was like, look, everybody, we might not have a season this year, you know, yeah. and, and if we do, it's going to be impacted because, you know, tennis matches, you end with a handshake, right? Absolutely. And I'm like, we may do it where if we do play matches, maybe at the end you come up, you bow with your, you know, 10 feet away from your opponent. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. This shit was already on my mind February 24th. Mm. And I say that only to give you the context of the fact that, like, I was taking this very, very seriously mm. in terms of hand washing, always wearing a mask when I went out. I was sort of the designated. I have two young children. My daughter's five. My son's one and a, one and a half. Okay. Oh, and um I was kind of the dedicated grocery shopper gotcha. throughout. So I probably went grocery shopping like seven or eight times, but every time I was masked up, really diligent and careful, almost to the point of paranoia. Like mm -hmm. we were we were the people like Lysoling the, the carton of the milk, cart, yeah. almond milk, you know what I mean? When yep. we brought it in the house. 
before we would put it in the fridge. Like, so it's crazy to me with how careful I've been being mm. that I still came down with this thing, mm. you know? Um, but it's really impossible to pinpoint like exactly where, or how I got it. Okay. But anyway, on our, our day one of quarantine, we kind of counted, I think as like Wednesday, March 11th. So on my, our day 50 was Thursday, April 30th. Hmm. I started to feel a little like I was getting a fever. Okay. And I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, I can curse, right? Is yeah, absolutely. Go for it. You know, in my head, I was just like, oh shit, man. Like, I can't be having this happening right now. You know, I, I and then I'm trying to rationalize it. Okay, maybe it's just the, maybe it's the flu or maybe it's, you know, I get pretty bad seasonal allergies every year. Mm-hmm. Trying to like justify like this isn't going to be this thing, you know. But in my gut, man, honestly, I knew right from then. Right. So Thursday night, I spike a little fever. And, you know, I'm managing it with Tylenol and whatnot. And um, on Saturday, I developed the addition of like a little dry cough. You know, everybody's talking about how you get this dry cough with, with the COVID. Oh, yeah. Famous dry cough. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got that. But it was like pretty infrequent. I was only like coughing maybe once every like three or four hours. Okay. Right? But I was like, <clears throat> okay. So I called my doctor and, um, and it was a Saturday and I got a call back from their like 24 hour line. And in speaking with my doctor, she wrote a prescription for me to go get tested. Okay. So I went down to the Jefferson drive-through testing site, which is at like Ninth and Sansom. Okay. And um, I did a drive-through test. Um, I was scared as hell because you, you you hear about the nasal swab. Is that the bad. one? Is that the one you got? You got the one where they got to tickle your brain or no? So no. no, actually, when I got there, I don't know if they'd run out of those or whatever, but they were like they did the throat swab on me for that test instead of the nasal one. Okay. So I personally felt a little relief because I was like, all right, I dodged that yeah, bullet. That, that, I, that test alone I, is pretty intimidating. Yo, the thing they shove up your nose, which I did eventually get three <laughs> times, that shit's crazy. Oh, wow. But so on that Saturday, they did the throat swab on me, mm-hmm. and that was pretty unpleasant. I mean, you know, they're gagging you and throwing this thing back in there. Right. To get that, that swab. They swabbed me up. They said, you know, I mean, the, the process of getting the test was actually, from, from my perspective, like surprisingly easy. Pretty simple. You know, called the number. I'm supposed to call this number 10 minutes before I go down there. Boom, get down there. There's not one other person there. Mm-hmm. It, it was like I was in and out of that testing site in like five minutes, maybe less, okay. you know, um, pre-cleared to go. So they test me, send me on my way. Driving home that day, ironically enough, it was a beautiful day in Philly. Hmm. I'm driving home and driving by just like swaths of people outside, no masks, hanging out in groups. Man, I felt like hanging out the window with my upper body like a dog and just be like, what the fuck are y'all doing? You know what I just had to do? You know, I was like, I was pissed and I like hurt. And I'm thinking like, why are these people not taking this shit seriously? You know? Hmm. So anyway, at this point, my symptoms are starting to get worse and worse. I'm starting to get like headache. I got basically all the additional COVID symptoms. The only one I didn't really end up getting like full throttle was they talk about the loss of taste and smell. Okay. I just heard about that one recently. My loss of smell got maybe a little diminished a couple of times I Mm -hmm. felt like, but I never like lost it. But other than that, I had basically every other COVID symptom that's listed. Okay. So, you know, what have they been saying since the beginning of this? Like, don't go to the hospital unless you need, really, really need. Right. And also like, if you get sick, you self-isolate in a, in a room in your house mm-hmm. and you try to ride it out, right? Mm-hmm. So that night, that day, that night, I basically was up in this like third floor room we have in our house, sleeping on like a a, a crib 
mattress. I mean, hiding you know, I was from in, your own family. Yeah, hiding yeah. from my own family, yeah. sweating it out. The only thing from that first Thursday fever through a couple of days ago, the only thing that gave me any relief really was Tylenol. Okay. So like when I would take Tylenol, like an hour in, I would sort of feel like manageable for a few hours. And then towards the tail end of that cycle, I would get the fevers and chills like crazy again. Word. So that Sunday, the next day after the test, I get a call and they say, okay, uh, you tested negative for the COVID. But they immediately follow that. Like I wasn't relieved, you know what I mean? I right. didn't feel like I'm great. I mean, because I you feel how you feel. You, you know? feel how you feel and uh, I knew that I had this uh, shit, you know? So I was like, okay. Um, and, and they also follow it up, of course, with the immediate disclaimer, you know, mm. which is uh, also there's a lot of false negatives. So mm. therefore, you know, you, right. you should continue to monitor your symptoms and maybe get tested again. Right. right? And come to find out, you know, a doctor friend of mine was telling me it's 30 percent false negatives with these wow. tests, which is I mean, that's a high number. Yeah. If you're talking about somebody rejoining their family or feeling right. like they're able and we're talking about reopening society. Yeah, and we're still dealing with a 30% margin. How's that going to work, right? <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? That's almost like a coin flip. It really That's, is. That, you know? Yeah. So um, then basically like that Monday and Tuesday, things just got worse and worse. Hmm. And I basically started having trouble breathing, you know? <clears throat> but again, I'm going to be honest with you. When this whole shit started, hmm. I had it in my head that if I had to go to the hospital during this, hmm. I was going to die. No, nah, I get that. There's a lot like, of that. Psychologically, I yeah. felt like if I have to go into the hospital, yeah. I'm going in. You're hearing about stories. People get intubated, yeah. put on, and, and they go from bad to worse. It, and, it, I'm, it seems like a lot of the people who go on the ventilators don't make it back off. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think... The truth behind that is that, like, by the time they get to the point where the ventilator is a, is an option for it's help, so, it's so far along, right? You know. So anyway, like that Monday, Tuesday, I was really <laughs> struggling, and I was just not feeling like I was catching enough oxygen. You know what I mean? I got you. Wednesday, and and throughout this, I was still talking to my primary care doc a little bit, and hmm. he was giving me ways to manage. He might have called in a like a cough uh, syrup on uh, on Wednesday. Okay. And uh, but he also on Wednesday when I spoke with him, he said to me, um, "If you get your hands on a pulse ox, um, you know, a pulse ox is that thing they put on your finger that measures the amount of oxygen that's right. getting into your blood, basically." Right. So he's like, "If you can get your hands on a pulse ox, he's like, if it's if it's under ninety five, I want you to go right into the ER." Okay. And that was like a tangible like benchmark hmm. that I didn't really have before. Okay. And we don't have a pulse ox, but luckily a good friend of ours. Did, and she was like, all right, when I'm done work at the restaurant, I'll come drop my pulse socks off to you. That's a good look. Huh? Oh, yeah. Is that something sure. they make a, a, a consumer version of? Like, a, Oh, yeah. I've yeah, never you seen get, anything like that at, in a I'm home gonna be before. Getting, I'm going to be getting one soon, too, okay. just to have it. Now I know it's actually pretty important. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. It's like it's just a little clip right on you, like battery operated. You just clip it right on your finger. Okay. You know? And it doesn't draw blood or anything like that. It just right. like it's... Yeah, when you go into a clinic, they'll they'll snap one of those on your finger and so forth. But like I said, I've right. never seen anything like that for for the home. Yeah, sounds like something that should be in a are, phone. So. I know they do exist because you yeah. know this was so basically like you know I'm alone at this point. We moved me down to my daughter's room, which okay. is like downstairs on the second floor, right next to the bathroom. Okay. So I'm basically alone, sweating in this room all day by myself, barely seeing my family. That's frightening. So so our friend dropped off the pulse ox, and my wife just like left it outside the door, I opened the door, I grabbed the thing. Hmm. I didn't even really know how to use it, but then I realized it's just one of those things you just turn on and put on your finger. Simple right? enough, yeah. 
I turn it on, clip it on my finger, and the shit said 88. Oh, uh, wow. Well, yeah, so you far beyond that 95. Bro, uh. like, and, and my and it just confirmed how I was feeling. You mm. know, I was like my worst suspicions, and I was just like, damn. Mm. And I'm like, I gotta go to the, I gotta go to the hospital. Mm. So my wife got some clothes together for me, put four photos of, of my family in with that. That was like, I was looking at those things, you know, in those wow. first few days. Like, like that was the last looks I was gonna have on my, my kids and my wife. Mm. And, uh, and, and I hit my brother up. I was not sure if I should hit, you know, do an ambulance, but I hit my brother up and he offered to drive me to the hospital, oh, which wow. I felt weird about because I, I didn't right. want to risk him. you had to be him. so close to him yeah. in the process of doing that. Yeah. I mean, I rode in the back seat, I threw the window down. We both had masks. Wow. He had some like Lysol wipes he was gonna do when we when we uh when he dropped me off. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna lie, man, that that drive out to the hospital was terrifying. That, man. Nah, it sounds like it sounds like a it sounds like a movie. I'm the it, I'm seeing the movie outbreak while you're telling the story. Oh yeah. It's so it's it really is so scary. It's it's insane that to, to go through something like in this day and age to have to Absolutely. deal with something like this. And I'm pulling up to like, they have a, uh, uh, the emergency room had like a tent set up, I think for where like COVID people are supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my brother pulls up, I got out of the car and like, I'll, I'll never forget as I'm getting out of the car, I see somebody getting wheeled out in the wheelchair. And like me and that dude met eyes with each other. Yeah. It was just like, this guy's leaving and I'm coming in. And wow. it was like this weird moment of just feeling like, I hope I get to be him and right. come back out. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I checked into the ER, um, they took my, my oxygen levels there and it was like the same thing, 87, 88. Okay. They checked my fever. I was still like a 101 fever, even though I was on some Tylenol at that point. Hmm. They immediately checked me into the ER. They tested me for the flu. I know some people say, oh, you keep testing negative. You know, maybe it's just the flu. Maybe it's just the flu. Nah, hmm. yo, this shit is not the flu. Mm -mm. I've had the flu. The, the flu is terrible. Mm-hmm. Any kind of fever with chills and all that shit is terrible. Yeah. This is like the flu on steroids. The flu don't that, strangle you. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I don't I don't even know how people could make the comparison. The flu don't take your breath away. I think people don't want to admit realities that are uncomfortable for them. Welcome and a lot of people, unfortunately, yeah. are just selfish trash. Yeah. Welcome and they're to not going to care about something <laughs> until it hits close to home. Absolutely. Until right? their granny or their mother is impacted. Yeah. And some of them are so trash, they're not even going to care. Yeah, yet. you got that right. Yep. You know? Yeah. So I think that's what that is. But so they, they check me into the ER room and now they start doing, you know, the whole battery of tests. Hmm. So they're checking everything. So they did another... They did the flu test. That was negative, not flu. They did another COVID test. Gotcha. Now, this time, I got to experience the nasal jaw for the first time. Man. They they did both of my nostrils. So they did it twice for both one nostrils. test. Wow. Not, not only that, they did both nostrils and my throat on oh, that one man. in the ER. That jaw was rough. Now, did they explain to you why they have to shove that thing, why that particular entrance it's something about the part of your brain or lungs that it that the virus like lives in. Okay. That's that's where they that's they have the to, route. Like, they basically have to get to the back of your throat, and I guess the sinus passage. So not is, like not the, the lower throat. not the lower throat, but like like toward uh, the yeah. upper. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen. There's like a sideshow dude. There was a I think it was I forget what it was called. Um, they went with Lollapalooza way back in the day, like something gym and the sideshow. There's a guy who used to like 
like hit nails, like long nails up and his nose. And they would go straight back into his. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you, you have that, that passage goes way back. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. So that's what um, it is. They need to be up in that, in that, that five yeah. points area of your ENT, basically yeah. <laughs> not the, not the, not the exit, yeah. but the, okay, I got you. And it, it feels like they're poking at your brain, oh, you know, like it feels, it's not a pleasant experience. Right. You know what I mean? So if nothing else, it's great to avoid having to just get it's, that done. It's prohibitive. The the visuals of it is is prohibitive. I don't I don't want one. I don't want it's to get not, tested. Not pleasant. Man. Yeah. And I ended up getting another one after hmm. that, later, a couple mm-hmm. of days later, even. Um, so anyway, they did um, a chest like an EKG and a chest scan, mm-hmm. and my chest scan showed that I had pneumonia all through my lungs. No kidding. Yeah, On they, top they, of. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the pneumonia seems to be a pretty a common of feature of this, I think. Okay, they come, they like, come as a team. Yeah. What it sounds like is the virus, it attacks your body and your immune system tries to kick in and heal itself. Mm-hmm. And that creates the pneumonia because mm-hmm. it's like your immune system trying to like get rid of it. And now you're like drowning in your own lungs, basically. Gotcha. Yo, the woman showed me my scan, my chest scan. Yeah. And she was like, yo, this looks terrible. I was like, I'm sitting there like, yo, thanks. Why like, would you say something? It, it was pretty rough. It was pretty blunt. Yeah. Like she put it, yeah. kind of like, like, and she turned it to me and she's like, shows me my lungs, right? Mm-hmm. right? And you see the, the outline of your rib cage and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you see this? She's like, this is all supposed to be black. And it was just like milky white through the whole shit. Like, it just looked terrible. Oh, my you know? God. And, and my heart sunk because I was just like, damn, like, I'm going through this. Like, yeah. you know, like I might die from this, you know? I mean, it's pretty, it, you know, it's bad when the when the hospital staff lose all their composure, you know? Right. <laughs> like, they can't right. even ease you through this at this point. It's like, oh, man, exactly. this is terrible. Yeah, they're not even faking it or nothing. Mm. So, you know, um, they basically ended up doing, there was, like, some other elevated things. I had, like, a liver enzyme thing that was really high. Okay. Um, my blood sugar was really high. And then the other thing that they're really worried about that this thing seems to be causing is blood clots. Ah. So it's causing clots in a lot of people like in their lungs and stuff. And okay. then it's causing it's causing pulmonary embolism. People mm-hmm. are having strokes mm-hmm. from this. So there's like a lot of concerns. It's like, I mean, that's what I think is the scariest thing about this yeah. virus. Not only how little is known about it, but like how all All the other things that it does to you. It's not yeah. like, it's like it's attacking you on all fronts. You know what I mean? It, it, you got a pulmonary situation going on. You got a cardio situation going on with a, a virus we got no real treatment for. It's, it's very devious. It, it, I was describing it to someone almost like a three-shell game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like you, you deal with this over here. You can feel now it's going to slide over here and try to take you out that mm-hmm. way. You know? Yep. So, so I was like, I, I got to the hospital about like 10 p.m. on that Wednesday. Okay. Um, I guess it's like Wednesday the 6th. And I got officially admitted to the hospital around maybe like 2 a.m. that night mm-hmm. after they finished doing all the different tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I tested negative, they didn't send me to a dedicated COVID floor. Okay. So I just went up to like the 12th floor, which I think is like internal medicine or something. But because I was treated as COVID likely or COVID suspected, they put me on um, isolation. Mm-hmm. So basically now I'm in this one room for the next six, seven nights by okay. myself, Okay. you know? Um, so that COVID test that I took in the ER, that one came back negative too. Hmm. Um, and then a couple of days later, a doctor came in 
And what was explained to me, and this is where the nasal junk gets even worse. Oh. You're not gonna like you're, you're not gonna like hearing this, man. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. But no, I'm, I'm sorry not... you had to go through this. I'll I'll do my best to, to take the story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still I just want to be real with people, share my story. And Absolutely. Keep some of this shit like I didn't know about either. Right. So they they tell me that the, they were like was um they were asking about the ER test, mm -hmm. COVID test, and the previous one I had at the drive-through site. And uh, they were like, were they, let me, they were like, let me ask you a question for the nose swab. Were they up in there for 10 seconds? And I was like, 10 seconds? Like, my God, like, <laughs> so the woman in the ER was maybe like three, four seconds up in this one, three, four seconds up in this one. Oh, to no. really get the test properly, yeah. supposedly, they're supposed they to go up leave in there it. and leave it in there for yeah. 10 seconds. Then do a slow twist mm -hmm. and then pull the jaw out. Mm -hmm. So that yeah, was like- and, I've seen and, that. Yeah. yeah. So now the next, the third and final COVID test I got, it was a doctor who administered it to mm -hmm. me and, I, and she did one nasal passage and I believe also my throat. Can't quite remember that detail. Some of this shit is already kind of um, yeah. fading away. You're, but already, like, you're already repressing shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo. And there's more more to come from that. So it's good we're talking now. Yeah. You know, I might, might have to look back on this just yep. to remember some stuff. Um, but I will say this, that doctor on that third test, mm -hmm. she was up there for the full 10. She gave me the slow 10 count, did the twist, and that was like, I felt that out. So mm -hmm. in my head, I'm going, okay, at least now, like that test should pop positive. Right. You know? Day later, that test was also negative. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then mm. a day or two after that, I had the antibody test done, mm. and that also came back negative. Mm. Um, but the thought on that is that the antibodies take like a couple weeks to build up sometimes. Right. right. So I probably got that tested like a little too soon. Right. While and I was you still, are you still feeling sick, so there's I'm no way you got symptoms. that. Right. I'm still, exactly. Right. So I think like now that I'm out, Next week, I'm scheduled to see my doctor and get some other tests done to follow up about the elevated liver enzyme and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, like, the hope is that I'll be able to get that antibody test again in, like, a week or so. Okay. And, you know, knock on wood, if that's positive, it might provide some immunity or protection or something. Mm -hmm. But they don't even know they because know. I was asking about that. And, you know, that's the scary thing about this. I'm asking these doctors a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty involved in and what they're doing. And there's no definites. There's they no certainty whatsoever. Nothing. That exactly. shit is scary as hell, bro. That's that's why anybody who tells you that's just this or that, fuck that person. That's an idiot talking. Nah. Who's just like a lot of conspiracy theorists. I understand conspiracy theories because it provides comfort because mm. it gives you the feeling that things are happening for a reason. Right. Someone is in control. Right. Right. There's an agenda, like, it's not just random and chaotic. That's the real truth, mm -hmm. right? The and, world is a... And then when you add to that, the the bubbles that we all live in, uh, you know, you, you, you're on Facebook, you're only associated with people who you think alike, and you know, right. and then there's, you got that bubble you're in with that confirmation bias and your conspiracy theory, and, <laughs> and every, now, next thing you know, everybody feels so good that they're protesting on the steps of the, of the state right. capitol. You know what I mean? Everybody right. feels like, I didn't great. know so many people could be so swayed yeah. by a slickly produced 20-minute YouTube video. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, no, man. It, it, there's, there's people who, who make their living on it. They stake their lives on that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's 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 really it's a shame. I mean, critical thinking needs to make a return. We uh, we to, got a uh, we got a long road back. 
a long no road back, bro. So after the yeah. so after this third test, they decided to hospital. How did they make the decision to hospitalize you? Oh, I mean, there was no there was no decision to it be was, made. Like I, I think like I would have died. You know what I mean? Hmm. So that Thursday night, like I was in because I mean, my pneumonia was so bad. Okay. Right. The other thing about the negative COVID test that's interesting is that every time that I was kind of like disappointed, like, damn, it's negative again. Mm -hmm. Their response to me was always, interestingly, um, it wouldn't have changed our treatment plan at all anyway. Okay. So basically what that tells me is that like what they do, what they were doing was just treating the pneumonia. Okay. So I was on pneumonia. I was on antibiotics for three days with the like this a pill form mm -hmm. that was a strong thing, mm -hmm. and four days of an IV treatment of, of uh, antibiotics. Okay. Um, for the pneumonia, um, but basically, like they just treat whatever symptoms the COVID pops up. Yeah, when you think about it, because they don't have any any way to treat the actual virus, so all they can do is treat the other the other ailments that the virus is causing you. Put it this way, the things that they are doing, like the remdesivir or whatever, or remember Trump for a while was talking about the hydroclone or whatever. Yeah. All, all that stuff, and there's a few other things, I think some of which one is like an animal, you know, uh, like a biological product, a couple other things. Mm -hmm. I know Temple University is using a couple of them in their treatments. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is either off-label and or completely unproven hmm. and i think the, the unfortunate thing is if you get to a point where like if i got to a point where i was bad enough that i things started failing or i didn't respond to the antibiotics and my pneumonia hadn't cleared up hmm. you might get to the point where they're like they're like why not let's try giving this dude this <laughs> remedisvir so, you know him, bring them bring in the bleach Right. Bring in the sunlight tunnel. <laughs> Bring in the sunlight injector. <laughs> so you spent a few days in there basically uh, treating the pneumonia, uh, antibiotics, and so forth. Uh, what, what was that? Three days in the hospital? No, nah, man. I was there seven nights. Seven seven nights in the but, hospital? Was there, when, well, what? let's see. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, what's today? Thursday? Today's Thursday, yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. I just left yesterday. Okay. So, so I was there seven nights. And now you're quarantined. In one, in one room, in one room, in one basically room. by myself the whole time. Oh, wow. It's, so it, I, didn't need, I didn't need to cut you off. No, that's no, no, fine. I'm just, just trying to, so so the people have a, because this is as much information as I've ever had about how, how you're actually treated when you yeah. go in, you know what I mean? Like you said, so many people go in and don't come back out. We don't really, we don't know, you know? Right. Uh, so you go in, you spend seven nights in there being treated basically for the pneumonia, getting the antibiotics yeah. and everything. You come out now and you are still currently, you're not all the way home yet. You're still currently quarantined. No. Yeah. So like the, the protocol is that you need to, before you can go back to like your family or whatever, be around people. You have to be 14 days from that first symptoms. Okay. Like the first day of your first symptoms. Okay. Plus, you need to have three days of um, no fever. Okay. You know? So, also, I didn't mention, I was on oxygen this whole time. Oh, wow. When they popped me on the oxygen when mm -hmm. I came into the ER, I was on oxygen straight through till, I guess they took me off the oxygen on, like, Monday. Mm -hmm. The same day they took me off oxygen completely was the same day that they took me off the Tylenol completely. Okay. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little nervous about the oxygen, hmm. but I was crazy stressing about the Tylenol. Really? Because for like two weeks, that was the only thing that, that was brought your lifeline. me. That was my lifeline. Yeah, yeah, I so get when they that. told me, they're like, 
not only the, the Tylenol might have had something to do with this liver thing that was elevated, so mm -hmm. they didn't want to exacerbate you're that. You know, it's supposed to take that stuff for a couple of days. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're not supposed to take it continuously yeah. for days and days and days yeah. and days, you know? Yeah. And even at home when I was doing the extra strength Tylenol, mm. I was taking eight of those a day, and it yeah. says you're supposed to take six. Yep. But my doctor had told me, like, that's okay. Do it continuously. Bro, I take you know? three of them at a time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I take three of them at a time. I, 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 Steve Harvey used to Steve Harvey used to do a bit about uh, if you take Tylenol, that dosage they give you on a bottle. That's the tiny little white woman dosage. That's, that's not. Yep. That's not the two hundred and forty pound man dosage. <laughs> yeah. So. Totally. Yeah, but you're not supposed to take that stuff for long at all. So I, I can see how that that could cause a problem. Cool. Yeah. So they took me off that. My oxygen levels were pretty good. Stayed stable. And knock on wood, I didn't pop a fever so, you know, cool. once they took me off that Tylenol. Okay. So right now, I'm on my day three of no fever. Okay. You know? So once I complete tonight, um, luckily enough, my brother is in like the real estate world and, and he had a, an apartment. Laced you up. That, was, that had some graduate <laughs> students who went back to Poland when all this went down. They were out at Penn. Yeah, get the hell Penn, out of here. <laughs> Penn told all their international students, they were like, yo, you should bounce home. Yeah. Like, because I think everybody saw it was coming that this this federal government response was just going to be trash. Mm -hmm. And like, don't be here. And then with our healthcare system, like, why would you want to be here? Yeah. You know, uh, as an international student. Yeah. So so he had he had this empty apartment. Fortunately, that I've been able to the last couple of nights just sort of hole up in. Um, and then tomorrow morning, hopefully, I'll be reuniting with my family around Is like this noon. The same brother who drove you to the hospital. Yes. Good Lord, man. God bless. I know. Him. I know. It's that's a good awesome. dude. I man, know. That's all. Awesome. He, he, he really was there for me, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad this is this is panned out for you, in for the most part, man. It, this is like I said. I don't. I've only you only hear about the absolute tragedies. That yeah. was one of the that was one of the things that you would you would see in the media and in social media and everything is, is how come we don't hear about nobody surviving it you know what I'm right. saying and what it was really like it, it, like even the celebrities the celebrities who all came out and admitted that they were positive they never came back right. and talked to us about what what experience right. Elba tells us he's positive but he don't tell us he don't come back later and tell us what's popping you know what I mean how it like, went down. Like, yeah. Hey, so totally. th this is this is this is great. Let me ask you a question. Here's something I want to know. How sure. does it make you feel? I know you said when you when you were driving home and you saw the people outside after you know while you were still feeling symptoms and everything. How do you feel when you see these people protesting, talking about opening things back up, and and, <laughs> and they're all crowding around each other with no masks and everything, and they want to open the stores and they storming the government and all of that. How does that make you feel having gone through all this? Or now? the or the poll going into uh, subway with his bazooka on his back i mean come on my guy like well, what are you gonna do with that thing right talk about a tiny penis you unbelievable know? dude um yeah i mean look i just think they're ridiculous these people are these are people who again they're probably just so selfish that they don't believe it hmm. until it's gonna strike close to home hmm. but i mean in a way you can't blame them because like the person that they follow was, has been messaging this kind of stuff for months and i mean the optics are, you know, optics are a lot these days man he's not wearing a mask he's not he's right. not avoiding exactly, people exactly. or anything Even, like that look at you know pence in the mayo clinic without the mask right and the, the signal that's that sends mm -hmm. like what that sends exactly you, you you nailed it it's that the optics of strength absolutely you know are, are more important than keeping human beings safe absolutely yeah. which is ridiculous yeah. like 
if if this thing has shown a light on our global community on anything, you know, that should be a wake up call to every global citizen of this earth right. is that we're all connected. Absolutely. And and Clearly. that like we need to have more empathy and caring for our fellow man, woman and child out there and hmm. do live in a way with, you know, kindness and empathy and put good energy out into the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when I see those idiots, no mask, screaming in police faces mm -hmm. about opening up, and let's be real, these are a lot of the same people that are all lives matter, right? Anti-Kaepernick, why is he disrespecting? Huh? You know, their hypocrisy knows no bounds, <laughs> and they don't have blatant. the understanding to even know how how much, I love it, it would be rich irony of hilarity yeah. if it wasn't so freaking yeah. sad. I love I love that. Their hypocrisy knows no bounds. That shit is poetry, bro. That, yeah. that was perfect. That was perfect. That was yeah. perfect. I thank you again, bro, for joining me, man. This is this is this is incredible and in, and informative. Uh, I, I think we got a chance to give people some information that they they were not going to get otherwise. It was great. Um, Yo, I, I appreciate you. And and look, man, if you have any follow up questions or anybody does, like. I'm on social media, people, no I'm open, I'm talking about this story. Right. I'm just trying to, I feel like in sharing my story as widely as possible, right. maybe I can help um, people to realize, you know, what this is and that it's not to be played with. That's great. You let's know? let's catch up again soon, man. I'll check back in when you once, once you get home with the family. And, and I would love that. Yeah, we'll that follow up. Great. That's that great, sounds man. great. I appreciate cool. that. Uh, that's my right, man, man Justin Gilmore. Everybody, uh, thank y'all for tuning in. I hope y'all learned something today. I know I certainly did. Uh, again, I'm your host, Lawrence Arnell. This is the Arnell Agenda. I'll catch y'all in the next one. And whatever you do, do good first. All right? That's right. Peace. <laughs>